0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Dan Hampton.
1: Hey, good morning, gentlemen. I'm glad to hear you guys are shaking it. You're still alive and yeah, well, hey, we're making the best of the quarantine here in Chicago. It is uh, still winter. We had three inches of snow the day oh before yesterday, gosh. but oh, wow. all yeah. this being said, you got to be happy about pace. It's going to be April before you know it, and hopefully all this stuff will slide away, and we'll get back to business as usual.
0: Yeah, how crazy is it? We were talking, we were talking about what it's like in Arkansas, but what is Chicago? Five, six million people, seven million people.
1: Well, yeah, something like that. You know, and they call it the Chicagoland area. It actually it wraps around the lake into Indiana from southern Wisconsin and. Sometimes maybe uh, you you approach eight or nine or ten million people is what they call it. But n- n- all that being said, uh, you know this this Chinese you know virus has obviously struck three or four parts of the nation pretty hard. You know California, Washington, and New York, and then I guess we would be in the second yeah, tier. Right. but right all that being said hey come on i, I you know I, I i just think this is overreach and and a little bit a, a little bit too
0: much so so I, yeah, I saw where Illinois is. I think number they're one of five states with at least a thousand cases. So what does Dan Hampton do when he's quarantined? What what do you is, is do you watch movies? Do you go back and watch game film. Do you uh, you play games? <laughs> what, what do you now? I will say this: great job. That thirty for thirty on the Bears in eighty five was fantastic. Sunday, I've watched it two three times. It's so it's got so much good content in it. Well, hey guys, I
1: appreciate that. You know, I, let me just say this. Uh, I guess the thing was made in the fall of 2015, which would be the 30-year anniversary of you know us winning the Super Bowl. And then uh, this past year, um, the 100-year anniversary of the NFL. And you know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to blow the horn, but we were named the greatest team of all time. So it was almost prescient that that young man, Jason, here came out with that Idea to to do that thirty for thirty on us, and a lot of things have happened since then. As you know, uh, you know, Buddy Ryan passed away that summer, and uh, you know, Coach Dick had a had a heart uh, issue last year, and he's he's still with it, but uh, you know, things are different, and he's slowing down. And uh, this 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 coming summer, they are he he has had an um, an organization the last fifteen years. Um, it's called the Gridiron Great. Yeah. And you're saying, okay, what's the, what, what do we need an organization like the Gridiron Great? Well, quite honestly, uh, it was out of love for the brotherhood of players that he played with in the 50s, 60s, and 70s before there was NFL pensions. And a lot of those guys had fallen on hard times. And he was doing his part of helping them by raising money, giving them different you know opportunities for health care, different things. And this summer, I will be inducted into the Gridiron great Greats Hall of Fame. And, and I'm, hey! I'm looking forward to it. No, yeah, not. yeah. It, 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 it'll be great. And it'll be great to be. You know, I'll never, every time I see him, uh, you know, whether it's on a commercial or television, you know, I think about the, the night that we received our Super Bowl rings. And I was on the podium with him. And I was standing next to him. And I looked into his eyes. And he had tears in his eyes. And I said, Coach, it was worth everything, wasn't it? And he said, Dan, you're on my foot.
0: But <laughs> boom <laughs> <laughs> But he,
1: you know, there'll never be, you know, think about this. I was just reading online about, you know, there was a, a, a story, I think Bob Holt, that uh, was talking about all the, the great coaches yes, that yes. came out of yep, Arkansas, Arkansas. today. But mainly... Yep. Small towns, you know, Lewisville, uh, uh, yep. um, Charlotte, um, McClendon. And all, and all these different, you know, Barry, Barry Switzer, and 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 I, I just think, thank my lucky stars, thank thank the good Lord. I mean, I got to play with, you know, some great players, and you know, but think of the coaches. You know, I got to play for Frank. All right. And then Jimmy Johnson and yep. Jimmy went into the you know will be going into the Hall of Fame this yep. year and it was great to visit with him about that yeah I didn't realize it meant that much to him. I think it was I think it was a validation mm-hmm. and w- when I played for him he you know he's still a young guy and um, you know it was all in front of him and he, if you go back and look what he was able to accomplish, it's amazing. What would have happened if Frank would have just let him take over in seventy <laughs> seven at Arkansas? Who knows? Who yeah, knows? But
0: knows? I didn't want to
1: then, get uh, you know, Go ahead. But but then having to play for Lou and then, you know, Monty Kiffin and and, and, and you know, uh, Pete Carroll was on our staff. So right. it was amazing. It, it was truly a special time.
0: We're visiting with Dan Hampton on the Hodges' Glass Little Rock Glass Hotline. This is something I'm going to throw at Tommy and Roger real quick, watching that, that 30 for 30. Did you know that Buddy Ryan... Uh, was also on the staff under we, uh, Weeb Eubanks when the Jets. And the Jets beat the Colts. They beat the Colts. He was also uh, a coordinator or either position coach or coordinator on the Purple People Eaters at Minnesota before he got to uh, before he got to Chicago. That, I did not that, know that. That is pretty. Stout. I, I mean, you think of the the, the history that well, he brought it makes in. Makes sense why he was so touted. Oh my gosh! I didn't it, know that. I didn't know the pre-Eagle uh, Buddy. Yeah, pre-Bear Buddy. Yeah. so uh, you go back and listen to hear how he pushed the buttons, Dan. Of, of uh, of uh, Mike Singletary and everybody. Sigma Michael. Yeah, everybody. And he just uh, – I love the fact you guys – I think you said in the in the 30 for 30, you had to pick up – you were going to pick up Dicka, and somebody else was going to pick up Ryan or vice versa, but you thought it was important that both those coaches get put on their shoulders after the Super Bowl. Well, it,
1: it, the buddy was – well, it, it, was, it was different. Now, remember – that, you know, Buddy, Buddy was there, and, and that's where Buddy came up with his philosophy about at all costs you pressure the quarterback. And and I said, well, why was that? He said, well, the first day we had a meeting, you know, in training camp, Wee Bubank, who's in the Hall of Fame, great coach, he would stand up in front of the room and say, okay, all right, settle down. All right, guys, welcome to the New York Jets, you know, 1969 football team. Uh we're excited about our season, but first, before we get going, let me introduce somebody. Joe, stand up. And he would make Joe Namath stand up, and everybody would go, woo, yay, yeah, you know what I'm <laughs> Anyway, he said, all right, sit down, Joe. He'd say, okay, our first job, our most important job, is to take care of that guy. Because if he gets hurt, guess what? If we don't win a game, we all lose our damn jobs. <laughs> So, first things first, we've got to protect him. Now, Buddy's sitting in the room, he's saying, well, if that's their most important job is to take care of him, my most important job is to what? To get him. And that's where it came up with the idea of you know creating pressure. And early on, you know, and then he went to Minnesota with uh, Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong was the defensive coordinator, gotcha. but he was the defensive line coach. You know he coached Alan Page and Carlisle wow. and all, all these other guys, and then they, they, Neil got the head coaching job in Chicago in '78, and he brought Buddy and made him the coordinator. Right. And as you know, Buddy went on and, and he had the number one defense with us for three or four years. He had the number one defense in Philadelphia yep, yep. with Reggie Brown and and Seth Jorner and all those. He had great defense for two or three years, and then he went to after he got fired. He went to Houston. And back when it was the Oilers, and, and we had the number one defense in Houston. And I remember one time when I was down in Kentucky visiting just shooting the breeze. And I said, buddy, you were at so many places, so many great defenses. Which one was your best job? Which one did you do the best job? And he kind of smiled and he said, when I was 17, it made me a, a sergeant in the Korean War. Wow. And oh, nice. And he said, I took them damn 20 kids out for six months, and I got them all back safe. Wow. Wow. That was my best coaching job. You know that's
0: what, Dan, uh, uh, what it makes me think of is that Buddy Ryan had to go after that offensive coordinator for the Jets then. If he was going to do everything he could to protect that quarterback, that's who he was uh, uh, practicing against. Baz made a comment earlier that Coach Holtz said, you do not blame the players. you got to take full responsibility as coach. Coach. coach, that you're the one that's teaching, you're the one that's doing all that. Was that the way it was when you were? Were there, or did you take some, uh, or did you uh, uh, take some heat?
1: Absolutely, and, and you know what? I, I hate to say it, you know. I got a 16 year old kid, and I think he's coddled. Unfortunately, I coddle him, his mom coddled him. Yeah, you know, everybody. I, I go to watch practice <laughs> in, in, in the NFL down yeah, with the Bears, or and I went and, and watched the even the Patriots, and, and they don't really work that hard. You know When I hey look, Lou Holtz puts so much pressure on the offensive players and especially the quarterbacks. I mean, it was, you felt bad for, the, for your teammates. I mean, you you almost kind of like were hunkered down when he was screaming at him and cussing them. And you know what? There was a reason. He said, I understand that the moment in time of a game, there's great pressure. And that a lot of people, they fold under. it the theory was after I give you this barrage every day, The games are going to be a breeze, and you know what? All those quarterbacks you ask them, they all say the games were were a piece of cake compared to practice. Wow! And that's just the way Lou was. He he was he was he 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 did not want to leave any stone unturned, and. there was a lot of reasons to think that uh, you know that was the the, uh, the optimum way because I want you know we all watch football now and, and you know there's it's a lot of sloppiness there's a lot of things that you know that players can improve on but and back you know back in that day that time they could the coaches had the uh, the uh, authority to, to really lower the boom and I mean practices they were they were living hell.
0: Yeah, Dan, we got to run. Thanks, Thanks, Dan. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah. Sandy O'Connor All said. All right,
1: guys. Sam Pittman's doing a great job. All, All right. right. I love it, Go I love home. it,
0: love it. Sandy O'Connor said to tell you, hey. <laughs> All right, you're you're you done. Thank you, Dan. Hey, good old boy, that old boy there. Hey, good boy. Yeah, he is. Up next, uh, Scott Davis uh, talking about the uh, health. Yeah. yeah, men's health. Can't ignore that right now. Can't ignore that. I do to find out what the circle is? Woo.